0: For the full episode of The Dennis Prager Show, go to PragerTopia.com, sign up, and
1: become a full member. Julie Hartman here sitting in for Dennis Prager. We're talking right now with Tulsi Gabbard, who was the former U.S. Representative for Hawaii's 2nd Congressional District. I'm so sorry to have cut you off, Ms. Gabbard, but welcome to our other no, affiliates no who just joined Thank the show. Thank you. Welcome, yes. welcome
2: to everybody who just joined us.
1: Yes, you were I'll, saying I'll sum it about it up your book.
2: I say that 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 my there are many americans who have had a similar experience that i have had whose eyes um, are, are opening very wide to how today's democrat elite are threatening the very foundational principles of our country democracy and freedom and are pushing us closer and closer to the brink of war there's a clear choice in this election i'm hoping both through my book for love of country, as well as through speaking and media, every platform available to help continue to sound that alarm uh, so that every American recognizes their responsibility to step up and take a stand for freedom and protect our democracy in this election.
1: Americans saw last week that special counsel Robert Hur released a report that the DOJ is not going to prosecute president biden for his mishandling of classified documents because basically he's mentally unfit to stand trial now of course if he's mentally unfit to stand trial certainly the the logical conclusion is that he's mentally unfit to be president of the united states if you were running the democratic party and you wanted to ensure a victory in 2024 what would you do
2: well, if I were running the Democratic Party, I would completely overhaul the policies that the Democratic Party is pushing so that they're actually pushing policies that that serve the best interest of the American people, our security at the borders, as well as our national security as it relates to foreign policy, uh, improve our economy and the well-being and lives of, of the American people here at home. Uh, if, if the Democrats were serious about actually serving the people, they might have a better shot at winning this election. Unfortunately, they're not interested. They're only interested in power. And and that's where I I think as more and more people see that for what it is, see them for who they are, um, they will reject them and their and their leadership.
1: Do you think President Biden will be the nominee?
2: I don't know. Hmm. To be honest, I don't know. Uh, I believe wholeheartedly what he says, which is that he intends to be the nominee, whether or not someone is able to convince him to step aside uh, or there are other plans in motion in the back rooms of the Democratic Party. I don't have any insight into that. Uh, But regardless, that's not really the question. I don't think that's the question that we should be asking, because whether it's Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or any of the other people that they may put in to that position. If it's not Joe Biden, their policies are the same and their policies are destroying our country and undermining our freedom. So nothing else will change other than the name. And we need to be very clear eyed about how dangerous that is.
1: Well said. You mentioned foreign policy. If you were president on October 7th, What would you have done differently from that point forward as far as our involvement or support to Israel in their war against Gaza?
2: I've been very outspoken about this. Uh, October 7th should have been an extreme wake-up call to to the leaders in the United States and leaders around the world about how Islamist terrorists, continue to pose the greatest short and long-term threat to our peace, our our ability to live in peace and live free. Uh, Too many people, unfortunately, are seeing that attack on October 7th as just the latest assault in the long history of conflict between the Palestinian people and Israel. It's much greater than that. And we've seen how the uh, aftershocks of that horrific attack on October 7th around the world. Uh, Hamas's call for jihad, Hamas's in continued commitment to what has always been not only their goal, but the goal of all of these other Islamist terrorist groups around the world, uh, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, Boko Haram, you can go down the long list of names. Their goal is to not only destroy Israel and exterminate all Jewish people, but it is to uh, rid the world of quote-unquote non-believers or infidels and establish Islamic caliphates. So seeing how easily people have been influenced, uh, as we saw many mobs uh, growing and, and really violent protests around the world supporting Hamas and standing against freedom and against peace, uh, continue, should continue to to alarm the world about what we're really dealing with a threat that needs to be defeated both militarily and ideologically and that's where i think that uh, the biden harris administration and many other world leaders continue to miss the mark
1: we know that the united states is going to sponsor or at least not oppose a resolution in the U.N. Security Council to support a ceasefire in Gaza. What do you make of that decision?
2: I think that there needs to be a strategy. There needs to be a clear strategy. Just uh, Obviously, I think everyone who loves peace and freedom would like to see this war come to an end. But we have to be realists about the threat that continues to exist for the people of Israel. So long as Hamas is in power, the people of Israel will, will not be secure and can't live in peace. You cannot negotiate a peace with a terrorist group whose, whose founding documents state that their goal is to exterminate all Jewish people and eliminate the state of Israel. There is no way to negotiate peace with a terrorist group that celebrates martyrdom and death. Uh, So we have to deal with the threat at hand. I think there are strategic uh, arguments and conversations that should be had about how best to do that, how best to minimize civilian casualties. uh, But just saying, well, we just need a blanket ceasefire, uh, I think that is too simplistic of an approach uh, to deal with really the great task, which is to achieve peace. But you cannot achieve peace without the defeat of Hamas. Mm-hmm.
1: There was a story that emerged about a year ago. And of course, it was the uh, terrible wildfires that swept across the island of Maui and the inc- complete incompetence as far as preventing uh, such a catastrophe from happening. And of course, re- remedying it once it did happen. What is going on in Maui now?
2: I appreciate you asking Julia this is, this is something that continues to be a heartbreaking situation, even though it has been over a year uh, since those wildfires occurred. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you there, there's a lot there's a lot of things that that we could talk about here. I'll mention two that I think are really important, uh, one of which is there are still over a thousand people who are homeless because mm-hmm. of those wildfires. Uh, the level of incompetence. And failure at every level of government in the wake of those fires has been egregious has been absolutely egregious uh, and something that needs needs to not only be fixed but needs to be a lesson learned for for states across the country uh so that they can prevent such uh, loss of life mm-hmm. but but as as we see in the national news conversations about sending more and more money to ukraine and writing these big checks to other countries. Um, I, I just I just think back to my going to the community in, in West Maui, in Lahaina, three days after the fire happened last August, and talking to folks on the ground there who number, weren't having their voices heard at that time because they wouldn't allow any media into the area to go and see them. They were essentially cut off from communication, uh, other than using radios but the thing that i heard from them when i was there very frequently was gosh if we changed our name to kiev or ukraine mm. maybe then our government would pay attention to us and provide us with the support that we need and it was it was these weren't flippant comments these weren't said with a smile or a laugh these were very serious comments coming from our fellow Americans who felt completely left behind and ignored Mm -hmm. in what was the worst wildfire our country has seen in over 100 years. So Mm -hmm. they're not alone. The people of East Palestine, Ohio, are still struggling. There are people across this country who are struggling with basic infrastructure needs that our leaders need to pay attention to and need to address, uh, first and foremost, putting the well-being of the American people first.
1: Well, one thing that does give me hope during these troubling times is that you are in our national discourse, and you are just such a fantastic leader, as I said, of common sense so needed during this time. Thank you so much, Ms. Gabbard, for coming on to the show. And just as a reminder to everyone, Ms. Gabbard's book is For Love of Country, Why I Left the Democratic Party. You can order it right now on Amazon, which I am going to do in just a few seconds during the commercial break. Great to talk with you. Thanks, Julia. Thanks for having me on the show. and thanks to everybody for listening. Aloha.
0: The Dennis Prager Show. For the full episode of The Dennis Prager Show, go to pragertopia.com, sign up, and become a full member.